0: Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of our podcast here at Campus Decanton. As always, I am
1: Austin. Sorry, I'm uh, I'm taking a vow of silence after after last week's game against Penn, okay. against Iowa. I will be not I will not be speaking the entire portion of this show. It'll be our best show yet. Perfect. All righty, <laughs> dice. <laughs> 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 Sorry, you know. I'm still I'm still salty.
0: One of the best weeks of college football that we've had this year for sure. Probably the best we'll have, the best I can remember in a really long time. Just a lot of not only high scoring games, but just good games as well. You know, some games where someone goes up and there's a massive comeback, some games where it's just both teams going back and forth. I mean, it, it, it was just it was some big time performances. It was a great, great week. We have some really fun headlines to discuss here
1: oh yeah no aside from my obvious dismay here uh the rest of the week was actually really good um you know i mean we saw bama get upset you know we saw arkansas and Ole miss went down to the wire obviously the huge comeback from oklahoma you know just all around great week there that's what makes college football great right that's why everybody loves it and it's uh Superior
0: to the NFL in everywhere, every way, obviously, obviously. Um, all right. Before we get into our news and headlines segment here, uh, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great podcasts, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, the Play to Win Podcast, Dynasty Happy Hour, Injury Prone Podcast with Dr. Edwin Porras, Dynasty Vipers, Smoke Show, and the Fantasy Points Podcast. You can follow them all in one place on twitter at fantasy points live or you can check out their weekly friday drops that recap the week in the fantasy points media group um all right let uh, we have some small news pieces here colin and then we'll get into kind of our, our overarching headlines for the week because there there are some things that happen this week that i think are going to have some some long long standing just uh, domino effects we 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 Can't even begin to predict as to what some of of these things are going to unleash here further down the line, but smaller headlines here. Jalen Berger uh, kicked off of the uh, squad at Wisconsin. I've heard a couple of different rumors, nothing that I'd feel comfortable enough, you know, saying that that this is probably the reason why he's gone, but but he is leaving Wisconsin. Uh, Looked to be taking that job over at the end of his freshman year last year. This year, uh, battled injuries and just a a crowded backfield there and never really caught on. what are we doing with Jalen Berger here, Colin?
1: And I mean, I think it's hard to hang on. To. I, you kind of have to hang on to him probably, but it's, man, it's hard to, because I don't know where he's going to go. I think the big part of his value, at least for me, was the situation. I mean, obviously we want Wisconsin running backs for fantasy purposes, especially for CFF. They do tend to develop them well for the NFL as well. You know, I mean, heck they put Dare wale and he's still on rosters. So they develop good running backs there. And now that Berger's not there anymore, I don't think I'm not really interested at all. Like I'm not acquiring him. If I have him and I have somebody else on waivers that I really want to pick up, which it's a little thinner this time of year. So maybe not, but he's, I would consider cutting him, but you probably can't. You can't until we see where he goes. Right.
0: Um, Like He's from Jersey. Rutgers would be a good spot for him. I really think it would. I mean, they don't have a, an incredibly crowded depth right there at running back. Um, they bring in a four-star next year, at least as of right now. Samuel Brown, I believe, is his name. He's from the Philly area here in Pennsylvania. Uh, I believe he's like a low, low four-star, um, but but he is committed to go there. Um, so Berger would be an interesting add there. And I think um, Shiano could be the guy to kind of uh, – uh, maybe instill some discipline i i mean assuming that that that, that needs to be done i, I don't know uh, you know a, a great kid that's been kicked off a team so um, right. yeah uh but but i i think we have to wait to see where he lands before we can make any more broad sweeping generalizations he has fallen quite a bit in my rankings though he was like a top or he was like in the 30s i think for me for most of the year Um, And now he's like in the seventies or eighties. I mean, I it's a buy window if, if you're uh, not competing at all this year and you know, you have some bench spots to, to uh, play around with a little bit, I guess I, I I haven't seen a move at all. So I wouldn't feel comfortable kind of gauging uh, value. I don't know. Would you pay like an eighth round freshman pick for him? Mm. I think I would
1: maybe, but I, like I said, the big thing for me was his situation. Even if he goes to Rutgers, I mean, Isaiah Pacheco is there now. He's like fine, but I don't really want to start him week in and week out. So I don't know how much I would want to start Berger if he ended up at Rutgers.
0: I mean, Rutgers is a, a, a building something though. Like it's it's going to be this slow kind of build over the next couple of years with Gavin Wimsat already there. Like we know, you know, unless he transfers out, that that Wimsatt is is going to Rutgers. That's the QB of the future you've got they've got like a top 10 or 12 uh, recruiting class or something for this year obviously that will drop a little bit once some of these bigger name guys that haven't committed anywhere yet uh, choose their spot but they'll finish no worse than 20th I would guess and that's not a bad spot at all I mean what was Penn State this year was below 20 I believe Um, and uh, there's there's schools around there that are pretty decent size so Mm -hmm. I mean that that yeah, I think that's a good spot for him. I think that'd be the best. And a lot of these kids, when something bad happens, you go back close to home. You go know, somewhere familiar. Um, so that's our that's the official show prediction. Can I say that? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'll let you speak for me this time. OK, well, you said you took a vow of silence so I can say whatever I want. Jalen Berger. That's a good uh-huh, point. The uh the official C2C pod uh guest for where he ends up is Rutgers. We will see. Uh, If that comes true, second piece of news here, Keishon Boutte is confirmed out for the rest of the season. He suffered a lower leg injury, making uh, a spectacular catch, as we've come to expect from him in the fourth quarter of their loss this weekend to Kentucky. Um, No diagnosis yet. um, So we're again, we're not going to speculate. It's something, you know, ankle area, ankle uh, kill, you know, whatever foot. We don't know. Um, Does this hurt him at all?
1: In your eyes, Colin. No, not really. I mean, if it was an Achilles, then I then maybe um, like if he ruptured his Achilles, because that's just a tough injury to come back from. So that may knock him off his perch at the number one overall receiver for me. But even if it was an Achilles, I don't think it would drop it that far. But since it doesn't sound like it's that, I mean, we don't really know what it is. It's kind of vague, but it doesn't sound like anything that's going to be long term um you know or hamper his future so nah it doesn't really move him down for me at all i'm still very high on him uh, and i'll still be very high on him even if he d- would elect to sit out next year yeah wouldn't shock me
0: at this point now um unfortunately um it, that's just the nature of of how the game's evolving here now um lsu is absolutely effed on offense now and we're going to talk a little bit about that later or at least i'm going to talk a little bit about that later yeah Um. To the point where, like, I would never feel comfortable starting Max Johnson anymore. Like, I they've not gotten the running game going at all this year. I mean, it's just Coach O's gone at the end of the year. Yeah. At
1: at the latest. Like,
0: I I don't even know if he makes it through the year, but there's no way he comes back. Right. Which is
1: so weird, given that he just won a national championship two years ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess you can make the argument it wasn't his team and really, you know, Joe Burrow kind of those guys kind of carried I, I, or Joe Brady. Like, I, I, I don't know what the excuse is there for him. Um, but, yeah, I have a really hard time believing he's there in 2022, especially with all the other extracurricular things going on at LSU. All right. Third piece of news here, Colin. Trace on pots. We talked a little bit last week that he was held back after their game against Indiana, went to the hospital um, with some sort of health condition, uh, not disclosed. We still don't know exactly what it is, but he has been confirmed out for the year here. Um, So no more trace on pots this year. We talked a little bit last week about who's going to pick up the slack there, whether it's Cam Wiley, whether it's uh, Marquise Irving, although he's a a smaller back. Um, uh, This is uh, Kai Thomas is there. This is kind of going to be a wait and see, um, but there's another offense there. Like, I just don't know if I would ever feel comfortable starting anybody from that offense anymore, at least until I see something there.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Cause I mean, Bucky Irving had the most carries out of like the running backs, but um, they also had a, a guy who's listed as a quarterback, Cole Kramer, uh, who ended up like having the most carries last week after, you know, aside from pots with eight carries. So, I don't know if he's transitioning to running back. I'm not really up to date on Minnesota's, uh, you know, who they're transitioning from position to position or anything like that. But even, you know, I'm not really that interested in any of these guys until we get a clearer picture because, uh, you know, Kai Thomas uh, didn't get any carries last week uh, and neither did Cam Wiley. So I don't know how that backfield's going to shake out. Uh, I'm kind of just avoiding that as well. Like you were saying.
0: Yeah, I mean, go up, go pick up, like, if Marquise Irving or he was available in, like, one or two of my leagues that I looked at, I went and snagged him. Just, if any of these guys are out there walking around, stash them, shit. You could have a league winner if something happens, uh, as unlikely as that could be. I mean, at some point, you know, next man up, just, you know. Doesn't necessarily cover it anymore. Last piece of small news here, and then we'll go into some headlines here. Colin, De'Ara King, quarterback from Miami, done for the year, confirmed today. Uh, he will be having shoulder surgery. Um, this ends De'Ara King's 12th season in college, um, in which no, he's, he's been around for forever. <laughs> um, I, somebody, I think it was uh, Mark Paust, uh, at Fat Paust on Twitter, if you don't follow him, a, a big Debbie guy. Um who who speculated is this the end of De'Ara King's football career? I think that's an interesting question.
1: Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. I, I think probably, yes. Um I does he have any more eligibility left? How many games did he play this year?
0: That's a good question. I actually don't know. Um I can't like I can't imagine Miami would want him back. No, like I'm he just hit a point could, where it's if like, he
1: really wanted to play, he could go transfer to F I U. We were just talking about that before the show. Ugh, that'd be gross. No thanks. Um,
0: he he only played three games, but I don't know how many times you can just like. Well, it like, would be I a think m- I th- medical yeah, shirt. I think you still have to get a special exception for that. He's been he's been in college six fucking years. Like his his graph <laughs> on Sports Reference like doesn't fit on the fucking page
1: anymore. Like, yeah, I, I think his his football career is done. I don't see him as a viable NFL prospect. I don't think Miami would want him back even if he could come back his best hope. If he ever wants to play again, like I was saying, is go somewhere to a G five school or something like that. But I mean, I don't even know if he'll be able to do that. He may not even want to do that. You know, he, at this point, how many injuries, you know, he may just be like, all right, let me hang it up. I, I, he probably has a master's degree. He's been in college for six years. So go do something with that master's degree
0: yeah so as people were speculating he might go into business he's really done well with the navigating all these nil deals and stuff that would be a cool thing um, yeah. as one of the, the first names in there to kind of uh parlay your experience into a career um i can't see him getting drafted though i mean at this point that he's been he's ended two seasons in a row injured he, i mean he's been in college for forever he doesn't have uh, the best profile anyway um, so i i think i have a hard time telling someone to drop them if because especially if your league just has like unending uh, yeah ir spots or whatever but like if it really came down to it and i you know i ran out of ir spots and i have a bunch of other guys already on there and i really need to make a
1: pickup for something i it it wouldn't be that hard for me no, because i like we said. I don't even think he play next year. So you would just be putting him on your IR spot if you don't have anybody else there, just because that's an open roster spot, and you're just hoping. But realistically, you're going to drop him at the end of
0: the year anyway. Let's make C two C leagues more complex by having your CFF, and then it forks off into the CFL or the NFL, depending on what uh where your guys end up. And you have both of those C two C two C. Yeah, that's a lot
1: into can- Canada
0: yes that'd be fun that'd be a fun concept um if i knew anything about canadian football i would uh, be all over that all right um let's talk some big situations here we've kind of been burying the lead a little bit uh with yeah give sprinkling in some of the little pieces of news here are the big ones this week colin um Oklahoma quarterback situation. So (laughs) um, for anybody that lives under a rock and or just uh, was not able to watch any of the Oklahoma, Texas uh, Red River, Red River shootout game this weekend, uh, Spencer Rattler started for Oklahoma generally just did look how he's looked all year through an interception, throwing late, throwing into traffic, making bad decisions, just did not look good. Lincoln Riley benched him. Finally, after you know the past couple of weeks, we speculated it finally happened. Kel- Caleb Williams, uh, the number one overall quarterback in the class, stepped in, started out the game uh, fine. He kept a minute, and then in, late in the second half, just guided that offense to the win, 55-48. Um, it, it was 38-20 to at halftime. And he brought them back. They won 55, 48. Kelly Williams went 15 for 24, 211 yards, two touchdowns, another 88 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Um, I think the performance is even more impressive than that. But Colin, I talk a little bit about it. This has to be his job moving
1: forward, right? You cannot go back to Spencer Rattler after what happened here. No, I honestly, I don't, I don't think you can. And I mean, Caleb Williams came in and he looked good. He threw the ball well too, which is, you know, one of the things that I thought would take some time now granted they were playing catch up. So they really had to throw the ball. So I'll be interested to see how that game script works and the game plan looks moving forward. But yeah, I think Caleb Williams has earned that job. Spencer Rattler got benched last year. Uh, They had Tanner Mordecai. Maybe they could have gone to him last year, but you know, they, they kept him. He, he, he righted the ship a little bit. And then this year just has not been able to get it on track. And then his behavior after that loss, honestly too, is I don't see how you go back to him. I don't know how other guys in that locker room would want to play for him anymore after that. I mean, he wasn't out there celebrating the big win in the red river rivalry. It's a huge game, a huge comeback win. And he's not out there celebrating with the guys. He's, he's walking his way to the locker room. Um, you know, he wasn't high five in Caleb Williams after any of those touchdowns or anything like that. I, I don't know how any of those guys would want to play for him if he, if they did try to go back to him, but I don't think they can. I, he's going to have to transfer somewhere else because this is Caleb Williams job now. He was really impressive.
0: I'm already just going to eat the L. Like, yeah. usually I'll say like, let's give him a couple weeks, you know, the, 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 the fuck it. Like, I'm just going to take the L on this. He looked amazing throwing the ball. Um, uh, there uh, were both within us, cause I think we thought, you know, he, this is the kind of guy that, you know, he could have a, he could be a bone Nix level passer. He cannot really play that well within the offense, get him outside of structure. And that's where he flourishes. I thought that would be his early career, kind of how he, how he made his name. He was great within the offense. He made some really difficult throws and had one or two other ones that probably should have been caught. Uh, one sticks out to me it was about a 20-ish yard uh, throw to the corner of the end zone on on just kind of, you know, a deep out Jaden Hasselwood. And he put the ball right in the corner of the end zone where, you know, where only he could get it. And he dove and just didn't come down with it. Uh, I mean, he had that, that one to Marvin Mims. Um, he had another one in the corner of the end zone that was perfect. I mean, he was really, really good throwing the ball. I think at this point he is must-start kind of guy moving forward. And yeah, I mean, this, this is probably it. if they had lost the game, I think as a coach, you could rationalize and say, well, we put him out there to protect Rat- Spencer because we were just getting blown out, but we're going to go back to Spencer next week. Or if Caleb Williams obviously played poorly, but he did neither of those things. He won and he played very well. It's tough to rationalize that. So what does this mean then for Spencer Rattler moving forward? You said he has to transfer, right? I mean,
1: yeah, I think he has. Where is he going? Do, do you think there's a chance he just goes to the NFL, or do you think he he definitely is going to transfer somewhere? No, I think he has to transfer somewhere because how I don't see an NFL team that would take him after getting benched mid year. Um, I, you know, I there's no way he would he he would probably get drafted, but it would not be until late day three. Uh, and that would just be solely off of upside, like the. I, his stock has plummeted so much. He has to go somewhere else to try to rehab that stock. Now where he goes, that's a good question. Um, I I really, I don't know, man. I was, I saw some people saying maybe Miami, but they just brought in Jake Garcia. I think that's probably going to be his job. Although Tyler Van Dyke is there now and it's his job for the rest of the year. um, so yeah, it's it's I don't know, it's hard to say where he's going to end up, but I I his stock just took a major hit. Yeah, I so I
0: think that he it'll be interesting to see what what happens cuz I think as and I, I I don't feel like I'm necessarily speaking out of turn on this and and trying not to say anything that's personal. Mhm about Spencer Rattler uh, regardless of how much negativity about him as a person has been has been out there recently he seems like the kind of person just based on that QB1 and everything that's gone out and on in on Oklahoma including him like the, that that game ended and instead of celebrating he just walked off the field there's a bunch yeah. of video and stuff of him over like he's not anywhere with his teammates celebrating what is a huge win um i think that he's almost so arrogant that I don't even know if an agent told him, you don't go to the NFL. I don't even know that he would listen. Man, I can I mean, almost just see him saying like, yeah, well, I'm good enough
1: now. Like, I think I can do it. Man, I,
0: I mean, that would be, that would be
1: a shock. And that would just be a horrible decision.
0: Someone will take him as a transfer. And I think he'll get drafted. Mm-hmm. Even if he came
1: out this year, he'll get drafted. Like I said, late day three. But like I don't, I, I don't know how any NFL team could take him after getting benched midseason and after the way he reacted to that benching. I, I don't see how anybody could take him on the first two days of the draft. If the tools are there. Some team will will talk themselves into it. I mean,
0: do we remember Jamarcus Russell? <laughs> who had like zero intangibles. He had negative intangibles. I'm not saying that spread expense pets
1: are out there to be in talk for the 101, but I mean, I mean, I think it's, we know more now Um, just as a public one, I, I'm assuming NFL teams know a little bit more now too. Uh, so I think they've revamped their draft process a little bit. I don't know. Maybe Jamarcus Russell doesn't go. Number one, he comes, he's, Around again, although the way swing the quarterback position is swung back, maybe he does. I don't know. But yeah, all the tools in the world for Spencer Rattler. I just. That would be the epitome of arrogance, like you said if, if he if he tried to come out after this year.
0: Felix and I, we do a headline segment, uh, uh, shameless plug alert here on Coast to Coast every week. Um, if you guys aren't tuning into that around 11 p.m. Eastern Standard, we kind of break down instant reaction, all the games uh, on Saturdays. Uh, and we talked about this situation. I said, you know, usually, and as we talk about Jalen Berger, these guys kind of go back closer to home when things really don't work out. When there's a crash and burn situation, you go back to where's familiar uh, around your family and you kind of rebuild it. Well, Spencer Rattler's from Arizona. Unless Jaden Daniels declares, I cannot see them <laughs> wanting to bring in the no. trouble that is Spencer Rattler. So then your other options are Arizona, which I really doubt that he uh, he he thinks and he is like above Arizona's <laughs> level. Like let's let's be honest with ourselves. And then even if you talk about like Southern California. USC has their QB of the future. They're not going to go out and get a Spencer Rattler. He's not a Chip Kelly quarterback, though. No, he's not. I don't think Chip Kelly wants anything to do with somebody who is um, a strong personality. Let's (laughs) say I just don't think that would be something, something that would fit in well with him. Other than that, what's in Southern California? I mean, you've got Fresno. I don't think they would take him even.
1: Man, I, I don't know. I don't know I that how he would is, go G5. Like I don't think I, he would he's I think he's too arrogant to try to go G5. Um but I don't know how Fresno wouldn't take him. So what
0: else is around there? Like New Mexico, Nevada, like you know, there aren't a lot of other decent football schools yeah. in that ballpark. So maybe he looks goes Texas. home
1: or Te- I, not I not texas Sarc university but take, one I mean, of no not texas university not ut sorry the state of texas like so where like like I mean, a tcu or texas tech Uh um, tcu has dugan coming
0: back like that that's like all these school, I, I unless you just are houston? super desperate houston maybe i mean you, I, th- I think i think this school has to be very desperate for a quarterback i'm not saying like you know they're like vandy level but you know desperate (laughs) for a quarterback they feel like the rest of the team is probably good enough to do some things and they're willing to take on any baggage that might exist there those those are the criteria and there just aren't that many teams that can do that i i I honestly don't know lsu (laughs) i i really don't know
1: because they're bringing in walker howard they still have max johnson Man, I don't know. I, I, Honestly, I have no idea where where he goes.
0: You know, we gave you guys our, our official guess for Jalen Berger. I have no official guess. No. For, for Spencer rather. I really don't.
1: Washington State?
0: <laughs> Him and Rolovich would be a
1: murder-suicide. Somebody kills the other. <laughs> it's just
0: no other way out of that situation. Um. Yeah, I have last- no
1: idea. I'm just spitball. I was just throwing schools out.
0: So last question for you, and then I have one more, like, the question that requires 30 seconds that I did not put on the show sheet here. How big of a bump are we giving the wide receivers at Oklahoma now with a competent, uh, what looks to be a competent passing quarterback?
1: Um, I'm actually holding off on bumping them up. Okay. Um, I know you said you're ready to just eat the L uh, after one week. And I'm uh you know I got the napkin tucked in I got the the fork and knife out ready to cut I'm cutting it up into little pieces but I haven't eaten it yet um I I want to see another game um out of out of Caleb Williams I want to see a different passing game because Texas was not ready for him I don't think and the game script there uh they had to throw the ball they were down a lot they were down the entire time until the very end so I want to see how things kind of shake out before I bump any of them up, but I am ready to bump them up very, very soon. And to answer, to give a a better answer to your question, where I'm not just hedging the whole time, um, I think Mims and I think Mario Williams would be the two that would see the bump. I'm still kind of out on on Hazelwood. I, you know, Weiss to maybe Mike Woods Jr but it's really just going to be Mario Williams and Marvin Mims that get that will, will likely get the bump for me soon
0: it's amazing what happens with a, a seemingly crowded wide receiver room when a staff misses one year of evaluation like Weiss yeah. and um and Haswood obviously both highly rated recruits neither developed and now Seems like there's some room there. Yeah. I mean, Mims was the big beneficiary, scored almost 30 points and a half PPR this week, um, and a large majority of that uh, once Caleb Williams came in. So if they have some chemistry there, um, we we shall see. And then my last question for you, Colin, and I want you, uh, and we're both going to answer this in 30 seconds or less. Okay. Where is Caleb Williams now for you, ranking wise, at
1: the quarterback position? Um, we are about to update our rankings and and I should have those pulled up for me to, to give an exact answer, but I don't have them pulled up right now. And I know you want to keep this short. So to answer your question, he is very, very solidly in my top 10, likely hanging out around five to six. You have him at six right now. Just further. Yes, and okay. you want me
0: to read off like what you have there. You have Bryce Young, Sam Howell, wow. Quinn Ewers, DJU, Matt Corral, Caleb Williams, CJ Stroud, Spencer Rattler. Those are your
1: top eight. Rattler needs to fall a little bit further. Yeah, I think um, he should probably be out of my top ten. Um, I have time to do that since I'm the one who updates the rankings, so that's going to change. But Caleb Williams at six, I like that. I- I'm comfortable there.
0: So I dropped Spencer Rattler to thirteen. He's right below Grayson McCall for me. Uh, I have Caleb Williams at 6 also. And oh, I great. have updated mine. That that does it updated. But he's behind Bryce Young, Quinn Ewer, Sam Howell, Matt Corral, and CJ Stroud are
1: the five guys I had of head. So, um, Interesting. So DJU has fallen that far for you? DJU is number 9. Oof. Yeah, Malik Willis, uh, 7. Jackson Dart, 8. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Uh, so you, I don't, I don't want to get too far off the rails, but are Mm -hmm. you ready to uh, take an L on Malik Willis? Is that what you, you putting him in the top ten means? No. Okay. No.
0: Fair enough. No. He's (laughs) scoring a shit ton of points right now. He threw three interceptions this week against Middle Middle Tennessee State. Like, (laughs) come on, people. Like, I. What are we doing?
1: <laughs> Fair enough. I had to ask. I had to ask.
0: It's more like, I mean, the guys right behind it. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's more it's of just, an It's all guys that else. have disappointed DJU, Carson uh, Carson Strong, Jaden Daniels, Grayson McCall, Spencer Rattler, JT Daniels, Tyler Buchner, Sam P- Like, it's just guys that have either disappointed or haven't taken a job yet. Right. So. That's kind of the, the cutoff point there for me. All right, guy. Uh, and then the last uh, big kind of headline here I want to talk about, Colin. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the 2024 running backs. So I think at this point, anybody, if you don't have Travion or Henderson as your RB1 for the 2024 class, I just think that this might not be for you. <laughs> um, uh, let's maybe pivot to something that, that is not this as is your, is your hobby. But beyond that, you know, I, Is it safe to say Will Shipley should probably be the RB2 in the class? He was taking over that Clemson job and looking pretty damn good before he got that minor knee injury.
1: Yeah, I think that Shipley is fairly solidly the number two for me right now based on recruiting pedigree, based on where I had him coming out, uh, and then based on what he's done so far. But I I am – I'm not. I guess I'm not that worried about the injury long term, but I am worried about the state of that offense uh, long term. Now they'll probably still run the ball well, um, so Will Shipley doesn't take as big of a hit, so I'm not as concerned about him. But it's there's there's a slight concern there for me. Yeah. um, So let's okay. Let's say just for
0: argument's sake to to move this discussion along, those are the top two guys. Uh, Right. Let's you know let's stipulate. You know, those are the top two. And then after that, there are a lot of names. And I think we both talked about this a lot before the season that this just felt like the kind of class where the like Travion was the obvious top name. And then it was like, would it shock you if RB50 in the class ended up being the second ranked guy when all is said and done? Like it just seemed like one of those classes. And I think so far, it kind of looks like that might be the case. Uh, who, who who would kind of round out the spots behind Henderson and Shipley for you?
1: Um, I still uh, probably kept LJ. I could probably keep LJ Johnson as my RB three. Uh, we haven't really seen anything from him yet. Uh, he has like two carries on the year, um, I, so I don't expect we'll see much from him until uh, Spiller goes to the NFL. Um, but once he does, I think LJ Johnson's still going to get that job. I'll be curious to see what he does there. So this was always kind of like a redshirt year for him, for me anyway. Uh, but then after that, you know, guys like Raheem Sanders, Raheem Sanders is definitely impressed so far. He's, he's risen pretty far up my board. Gabe Irving, um, poor one out. He looked good before he, uh, before he went down with that injury. Um, Devin Neal finally took that job over. So guys who were further down the board, have definitely risen up for me
0: yeah I mean I that's the that's pretty much what's happened with me as well um I, I'm let me just toss it so I, I I wrote a bunch of names here on the list uh, and for me you know I I liked LJ Johnson uh, he was kind of third by default um yeah he had a fine grade I just he's not like a special kind of you know I didn't watch him and just think like oh shit, like this guy's gonna be amazing someday but that possibility is certainly there um, but but didn't blow me away so I, I he's been jumped by a couple of guys for me raheem sanders being the big one raheem sanders is the rb3 in this class for me and i will fight you <laughs> if you uh if have anything different to say um look the guy the guy we've talked about this before he came in he was recruited as a wide receiver came in there at 6'2", 220, was just so freaking good with the ball in his hands. They said, we're going to play you a running back. And not only has he made that transition extremely smoothly, uh, he was the leading snap and touch guy there at the running back position for Arkansas this week. Now, I want to see it a couple more weeks before I say, you know, he's the starter. But he looked really, really good this week. He's, I think it was, um 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 what's his name? Friend of the show. Mr. Guitarist, oh, uh, Corey P. I don't know why I can't remember his name. Yeah, Corey, I think in our Corey Discord Herrera. this week said, you know, shades of Antonio Gibson. Yeah, and he's he. The thing that I really like about him is he's really fluid, especially for his size. He can catch the ball very well, and he has really nice flexibility. He is not stiff at all, especially you know like hips uh area so a little
1: bit of that wide receiver background
0: yes i think he's really really good i did and he's he's gonna be great there for the next couple of years at arkansas how do you feel about um uh, like what are we doing with Kamaro edmonds at this point how far have we dropped Kamaro edmonds who hasn't taken that job but in fairness nobody
1: else has either so maybe he'll get a full off season here to fight for it yeah i mean he might have a, an off season to fight for it here um you know, Caleb Hood. He had like one decent week there: um, nine carries, sixty-six yards, and a touchdown against Virginia. Uh, but then he had no carries the week after that. Uh, You know, he, and then he didn't do anything this past week. Uh, although they were were they on bye?
0: Uh, UNC? No, they yeah. lost. They, they lost, lost to FSC. Florida State. <laughs> right, right. Yeah,
1: he didn't do anything this week. So, they wish they were on bye. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it's, it seemed like he may have had the, the number two job there, but now it seems like that's back up for grabs. So maybe Edmonds does take that, but I, I still like Caleb Hood a lot. Uh, I still would put Caleb Hood ahead of Edmonds in my rankings.
0: What about um, an- another big riser here
1: throughout the year, Jarquez Hunter running back at Auburn? Jarquez Hunter is definitely a, an interesting one there. He's definitely one of the most significant risers, especially in the freshman class. I'm not ready to give up on Tank yet. I mean, we're I'm a little bit worried about it, but I'm not ready to give up on him yet. I still think Tank Bigsby can. I'm hopeful that Tank Bigsby can reclaim like the one A in that backfield. Um, but Jarquez Hunter, just by virtue of being the one B in that backfield, definitely has to rise. I still have him behind guys like Devin Neal, behind guys like Travion Cooley. Um, I, I still, I'm still a, a big Byron Cardwell guy. Um, Donovan Edwards still ahead of him for me as well, just to name a couple guys off the list. So he's definitely risen. I don't know if he's in my top 10 yet. He's probably fringe top 10, somewhere in like the nine to 12 range. Travion Cooley, who just, uh, by the way, has started
0: to get more run there uh, for right. Louisville. Um, so good news there for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, those are kind of all the names. I mean, AJ Green, we didn't talk about at all. Uh, another guy that I think has looked pretty good is going to be a nice one-two punch there. So what are you, top five in that class, Colin? Did we, did we talk about Donovan Edwards either? We didn't really talk about Edwards. No, no. I mean, that's kind of the other big name uh, that Blake Corum has taken over that backfield. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, might be another year before we see him unless he's transferring.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's going to transfer. I, I think Hassan Haskins is, is he a senior? I think so. I think, I think he's a senior, so he'll be off, and then it'll be the Corman Edwards show. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily see him transferring. I still have him. Um, uh, I still have him up there. Um, so uh, yeah, because I, I, he'll have a role next year. He was always a guy, more of a guy for next year for me. I didn't know how much of a role he would have this year, just because hardball gets weird sometimes with playing players. Yeah, I don't know what his issue is. Um, yeah, I, I
0: don't know what to do with Edwards, a guy that I was neither high nor low on. Uh, I think he came in in my top thirty running backs overall in C two C, uh, just the nature of his recruiting status and uh, a backfield there that we figured there were some touches to be had. Um, hasn't happened so far. Certainly not writing him off. Um, so what's your
1: top five look like calling for the class right now? Um, Travion Shipley, L.J. Johnson. Uh, and then it's it's pretty tight with the next group there, but I have um, Byron Cardwell, Travion Cooley, Donovan Edwards, um, Raheem Sanders, Devin Neal, and uh, Kamar Wheaton, and Caleb Hood still all right there. Actually, I have I have to move Sanders up here too as I'm looking at it because I would put Sanders as my four.
0: So I yeah I it's my top five right now: Travion Henderson, Will Shipley. Uh, Raheem Sanders, number three, Devin Neal, number four and LJ Johnson, number five, Um, just because Sanders and Neal have answered some questions um, and Johnson has not had a chance to answer any questions yet. He stayed exactly where he was. He's just been jumped Um, so that that's my top five. It'll be uh, I cannot wait for the second half of the year. Hopefully some more of these guys get some run and we can have uh, some more fun debates about that. Uh, let's talk some stock up, stock down, Colin. We've been doing this every week here throughout the college football season. Six weeks in the bag, uh, two stocks, two stock up, two stock down. Uh, Who is your first stock
1: up on the week, Colin? Uh, First stock up here in the week is a guy who's just been on an absolute tear so far this year. It's Drake London, wide receiver USC. Uh, He has one game this year where he doesn't have at least 120 yards receiving. Uh, one game with that with less than one hundred and twenty yards receiving. He has two games with less than ten targets. I mean, he's just been the entire offense there this year. Uh, you know, so he's is he the wide receiver one on the year for fantasy? He has to be. If he's I'm yeah, not if looking if he's, at it at the moment, let's I'm it not either, here, but, but he's. I would think he is. Um, the only one I could think of would maybe would be Jareth Stearns. Because I know Her they had their. Proppers had a huge year too, very uh, true. But either way, massive CFF producer, and then you know I I, I have not watched a lot of uh, the USC games. Like sat down in depth and watched and broke it down to see how he's doing. Um, as you know, in terms of answering kind of some questions that we had, you know, we wanted to see him create a bit more for himself, uh, particularly on the outside. So I have not gotten to sit down and watch a lot of that yet, but I just by virtue of those stat lines in the CFF pers- um, perspective, definitely a big stock up there. And then his size, he's got the size, he's got the, you know, solid athleticism he's a basketball player there too. So he's checking a lot of boxes. Uh, he's a guy definitely stock up for me, but he may drop if I have, if I dive into the tape and I don't love, you know what I see for him creating for himself, because like I said, that was one of my big questions that I had.
0: Yeah, he still isn't um, creating for himself at all. I can answer that question for you. Um, so I think he's going to be a very interesting uh, case when he is the NFL. Um, so actually, he is wide receiver two hmm. on the year. Um, let me sort by fantasy points per game just to make sure. Actually, on a points per game basis, he's wide receiver four. Do you want to guess the oh. three guys that are in front of him? You already You named one of them. Stearns, yep, Cropper. Nope, Cropper mm-hmm. is right below him. Interesting. Uh, Calvin Austin, yep, Calvin Austin, number two. Jarrett Stearns, number one, Calvin Austin, number two. Number three will shock you, Jaden Reed.
1: Nope, nah. um, hmm. that, that, was, that was the answer the last time it would shocked me. <laughs> I um, can't shock you with the same answer twice, Colin. Come on now, but that would be even more shocking.
0: Oh, good call. It's Jordan. Uh, Jordan. Downs.
1: Oh, Addison. Yeah, Downs is number six. So he
0: named <laughs> the other five. <laughs> um, yes, Jordan Addison is number six and half okay. PPR, or number three and half PPR. Um, so yeah, um, London's been smashing. We said all offseason though, like that's you know he's going to catch a
1: ton of passes this year. I mean, Slovis can't throw to anybody else. He's not very good. So that's a fair point. But I, still, it's it's a better. I mean he's he, he's gotta be on pace to break um to, to do better than what Devonta Smith did last year, I would think. I mean he has sixty four catches, eight hundred and thirty-two yards so far, only five touchdowns. Um but Scrub. I mean, he's just been on an absurd pace so far this year.
0: Yeah, um, so I mean that, that's fair enough if you have him to stock up. Uh, I put Isaiah Likely here. We talked a little bit about him on Canton Bound last week when we do our uh, we each do like a, a preview of a twenty twenty two player. Uh, Isaiah Likely, uh, I mean he's an obvious name to put down here. He's, he, he had eight catches for two hundred and thirty something yards and four touchdowns this past week. Um, he's he's the tight end one in fantasy by a pretty large margin. Um, and, and I, I mean, that'll have 249 play. yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'll do yeah. that for you. Um, I mean, he's the yardage is what he's crushing everybody in. He has 513 yards and there's some other guys that are like 60 yards behind him, but that's, that's the closest that you're going to get. And eight touchdowns. Um, is he an NFL prospect? I think has been the big question for him. He's undersized, but not, not overwhelmingly. So. He's 6'4, 240. That's not terrible. Uh, you know, uh, anywhere in the 240 to 250 range, I think, is fine for a tight end. If he can get closer to 250, I would feel a lot better about it. He's got a basketball background. We like that. He's just dangerous. I mean, he had a 99 yard touchdown this past week. Uh, granted, it was against uh, what? Is this Arkansas State?
1: Yeah, it was Arkansas State. Uh,
0: so, but I mean, still, uh, he, he's dangerous in the red zone. He, he's pretty good at high pointing the ball after tight end one or tight end two, I mean, I, I think it's pretty wide open. It wouldn't shock me if he ends up being the third guy to go senior bowl will be an interesting thing for him. Um, I, I like him. I, I, I do. And I think that he could be an NFL guy. Maybe, you know, he's probably never going to be a, a Kittle or a Kelsey or one of those guys, but can certainly be a Mike, a level fantasy value.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't see any reason why he couldn't be one of those like if you don't have one of the top tight ends and you're just kind of like throwing darts and hoping from a week to week basis that you land on Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I could absolutely see Isaiah Likely having that type of an NFL uh future, you know, where he just he'll latch onto a team, he'll have a solidified role, he'll put up some decent weeks, he'll put up some dud weeks for you. But yeah, no, I, I like likely. All right. Uh stock up number two for you, Colin. Uh, Stock up number two for me, Peyton Thorne, quarterback, Michigan State. Uh, Look, we we highlighted a little bit earlier, you know, how the state of quarterbacking in college football right now is not really where it has been in years past. There's not a lot of QB talent out there right now, at least that has showed itself. Um, But Thorne has looked good. You know, Uh, he had. You know, he has two games with four touchdowns. He only has two interceptions throwing the ball. He brings a little bit with his legs. He's got two rushing touchdowns. Um, You know, he's completing over 60% of his passes. You'd like to see that a little bit higher, especially against um, teams that are not Youngstown State and Western Kentucky, because those have been um, two of his better games. But back-to-back 300-yard games here this week, and it's not really like a fantasy-friendly offense. so, you know, he's, he's getting, a, he's taken a very, very nice step from last year where we saw him where he, you know, kind of struggled in, in his spot starts enough so that they wanted to bring in a transfer, Anthony Russo, uh, a guy that we thought was going to take the job, but like I said, Peyton Thorne's taking steps forward. Uh, he's looked pretty good so far. He held, you know, held on to that job.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean that offense has been. I think if you had said the explosive uh, Michigan State offense under Mel Tucker at the beginning of the year, he would have gotten some <laughs> weird looks. Um, they he's turned that program around. A major kudos to him. I don't think he'll win Coach of the Year. He could. I mean, I I, I don't I'm, think he will, but he should certainly be in the top three or so. He should be a finalist. I mean, it's yeah. it's been incredible. That team was
1: pretty bad uh, when he got there. I'll be interested to see how they do once we start getting into some of the the meat of the big 10 play here, because like we were talking about a little bit pre-show that, I mean, Michigan state, Michigan, Ohio state, and Penn state, all four of those teams still have to play each other. So I have no idea how the big 10 East is going to shake out. I mean, Ohio state still has to be the favorite, but I'm less confident in them than I was at the beginning of the year by a Pretty significant margin. I mean, they have some pretty glaring weaknesses on the defensive side of the ball. Looks like, you know, CJ Stroud's got the offensive side working here. But if, if you told me Michigan State knocked off Ohio State, I wouldn't look at you like you were crazy, like I probably would have two months ago. So
0: they're 6-0 and right now. Um, Their remaining schedule, just to toss it out there, is they have Indiana this week. They have a bye. And then they have Michigan, Purdue, Maryland, then Ohio State, Penn State, to end the year. That's a pretty difficult schedule. Even if Maryland yeah. is not necessarily what we expected, neither is Indiana. I would expect them to win both those games. I mean, but going if even if they they lose the Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State games, uh, and win the other three, a nine and three season for them is awesome.
1: Yeah. 100%. That's a great
0: result for them. I think they would have been happy to be bull eligible at the beginning of the year. Um, so good on them. Congrats to Mel Tucker and those guys for continuing uh, to fight on here. Um, so my second stock up. Okay. I'm finally admitting defeat on this one, guys. Jameson <laughs> Williams has to be a stock up. At the beginning of the year, he was all special teams and you were hoping he would just break one but at this point he is the go-to wide receiver there for Bryce Young he he looked at him early and often in that game um, had some big plays that weren't just him running deep fast and he, he was actually running routes uh, beating corners um, especially doing some nice work in the intermediate game an area where I thought that that maybe he wasn't so capable. That's great news for him and for his draft stock. If he can continue to show that he's not just a fast guy, uh, that that will bode pretty well for him. Um, so so stock up there for him. I think he's the hot that got the Bama wide receiver that gets drafted the highest at this point.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a bold take at all. Um, you know, like Felix has been been kind of harping on. He does have tools. You know that that you want to see. He's definitely very fast you know, bring something in the special teams game as well. So, you know, to see him having a, a more rounded out skill set uh, is definitely nice. John Mechie's kind of taken a bit of a hit here. Uh, he was a guy that I was considering for my stock downs. But yeah, Jameson Williams, that has to be a stock up.
0: Uh, stock down, Colin. Um, Penn State, you're going against, you're going against your Nittany lines, man. What are you doing? Uh, I mean, this one, this one hurts. Taquan
1: Roberson, big stock. down. Yeah, Gosh. had a tough game. I mean, <laughs> once he learns how to catch a
0: snap, though, he's
1: going to be on to something. Yeah. Yeah. If he could, if he could snap the ball, watch out, man, because he was overthrowing wide receivers out there like the best of them. Um, No actual stock down is Noah Kane. Uh, he just he just has not looked right this year. He's just been banged up a little bit here off and on. And but even when he's been out there, he just has not really been that impressive. You know, he's he had twenty carries, nineteen carries against Ball State and Auburn. I then got banged up again against Villanova. It's been in and out. But you know, Kevon Lee's outplayed him so far. And this is not a stock up for Kevon Lee either. I don't think he's particularly good. Our, Penn State's run game is atrocious. But I expected more out of Noah Kane. Uh, You know, I thought that last year obviously he only played 3 snaps before getting hurt I, I you know but he looked good in his freshman year you know as a one two punch with journey brown and we're just not seeing that same guy here uh so he's he's definitely a guy who's taken a hit for me
0: yeah um a guy that we thought would would kind of cement himself is maybe that fourth or fifth back in the class and and has not done that uh, been surpassed by a lot of guys there i have a very obs- i have a very odd take on my first stock down here today. Um because this player hasn't been injured. Well, I mean, I guess he's been like banged up, but like it, it, he's he hasn't played at all this year. And it isn't he, you know, he hasn't had a season any injury. Like, Quinn you were stockdown. Uh ooh, Quinn you were stock down. CJ the way CJ Stroud was was playing, I think it was um it, it was easily arguable that you could say, okay, fine. Stroud gets the rest of the season or whatever. Ohio state goes 10 and two. And then they fight this off season and Quinn Ewers wins the job. That was a very easy prediction to make as as little as two weeks ago. And then CJ Stroud came back from that shoulder injury. He looked fine last week and this, this week he looked really good. Um, looked at what we expected him to look like again you know to, he's cut down he's not really making bad throws anymore and he's he's just starting to get it a little bit uh he has that offense humming there and now I think it's going to be a much more difficult sell to give Quinn Ewers that job so what are we doing like where does he does he stay there does he go somewhere else I And mean, what happens there I think it's just Whereas there was basically zero uncertainty with him before the year, I think there is a tiny bit starting to creep in, and so that's a stock down for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that Ewers, by moving his timeline, by escalating his timeline and coming into college early, he put a real squeeze on himself and Ohio State because either either C.J. Stroud flopped and then Kyle McCord got to step in because Quinn Ewers got there so late that he was never a realistic option to start in this offense. With how many other good quarterbacks they have, and you throw even Jack Miller in there, um, I I don't think Quinn Ewers was ever going to start a game this year. So if C.J. Stroud did struggle, you know it was going to go to Kyle McCord. And Kyle McCord's another guy that we like. So Kyle McCord would have also had to face plant. And they're both coming back next year. So does Quinn Ewers really want to waste 2 years of his eligibility as the best QB prospect? Uh since is he was he better than Trevor Lawrence?
0: So 24-7
1: said so and okay. um I yeah I think Lawrence was a 0.999 and I think he was he's a a one. a 1.0, yeah. yeah. So the best QB pro- better a better QB prospect than Trevor Lawrence coming out I don't he's not going to want to waste 2 years of school. So uh, unless he can just wow everybody and force them to play him over cj stroud which i don't even know if he could do yeah a lot of uncertainty here now around that and i don't i i think he's gonna have to transfer i don't know where he would go though Pitt. honestly yes pit the answer is always pit uh you know we'll we'll take him over there penn state um you know any other he could go to any other school in the country, except for maybe Alabama, with Bryce Young ahead of him. You know, and I, I don't know who he couldn't start over. Maybe Caleb Williams. I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't want to start him over Caleb Williams, depending on how. Yeah, I don't Williams think ends be, the year. I don't think they'd be clamoring to replace Caleb Williams. there. Yeah. So you get two spots and then everywhere else is open. So where does he go? Georgia to go back to Texas, but Texas is bringing in um, Malik Murphy. I don't know. Uh, But like you said, a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. Um, Poor Jordan Whittington got hurt again this weekend. (laughs) I feel bad. I just want to hug him. Yeah. And, you know, stock down Jordan Whittington. He has, you know, one positive note for this year. It's the most games he's played in his entire career. Um, with six that matches his uh, previous total uh, through college. but again, he's hurt and he just cannot really stay on the field. And then even when he is on the field, this is Xavier Worthy's show now. Uh, I think he showed that the past two weeks. This is Xavier Worthy's show and we're all just we're, we're all just watching and Jordan Whittington is gonna have to take a back seat there as well. you know I don't see him having any sort of a lead role at any point in time now with him there. And so even if he is on the field, what do we really expect out of him?
0: (sighs) Yeah, I, it's always something different with him too. It's collarbone right now, right? For, for Jordan Whittington. And that just unrelated to anything else that's ever happened there. Um, I don't know. I don't know. He'd been really good this year. I mean, I know Wade, worthy has been the boom bust guy, but Whittington's kind of been the steady Eddie. I think they complement their skill sets pretty well. Um,
1: so I feel bad for him. I do too. And I, I was having a hard time coming up with another stock down here. So that was, that's why I went with, with Whittington was another injury here, but also because after aside from week one, uh, where he had 113 yards. And, uh he's only been over he had a 32 yard game, a seven yard game, a thirty-five yard game, a thirty a seventy-nine and a ninety-three. So he's had some decent games in there, but he hasn't been all that steady. It's been it's been pretty hit or miss. Yeah, well, you know, go away. I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your uh, other stock down?
0: My other stock down is Well, I wanted to do Roberson, and you took him from me. Caleb Ellaby, um, I I don't know what has happened here, but he has been one of the most frustrating players uh, here on the season so far. Very up and down. Looked like he was writing the ship, uh, you know, after that pit game where he had over 300 yards, three touchdowns. It's a couple more conservative. Uh, stat lines the past couple of weeks, but still decent against San Jose State and Buffalo and then went out against Ball State this week and completely crapped the bet. 19 for 33, 257 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. The The Mac games are the ones that he should be dominating. I I, I don't know what's going on there. That whole offense is, is severely underperformed this year. I, I just... And he's at the head of it. One of my favorite buys this offseason. I have a lot of him. Um, so I really wish he would start doing something. <laughs> and I, I you got to hope, I guess, with this max schedule coming up, that you, I, I don't know if you can sit him. I, I just, so it, it's so, it's, he's just one of those annoying players like that.
1: Yeah. He's going to get you like 20 fantasy points probably a week. But, well, I want more than that. Exactly. From a, For a quarterback, you know, with some of these other guys, that some of the stat lines they're putting up, like I think Tanner Mordecai is averaging like 43 fantasy points a game or 40, something like that. You know, Bailey Zappi is up there too. Brendan Armstrong, all those guys. Guys you could have had later than L&B. Um, You know, Ellaby is one of the rare zero QB misses so far this year. Um, but... You know, he's just he's still putting up OK numbers where, like, you can start him, but he's not going to help win you any weeks. He's annoying because like Preston Hutchinson is
0: another miss, but you could have dropped him by now. Yeah, he's he's not still annoying you. Taylor <laughs> <Killer laughs> Bellaby is very much still annoying me. Um, all right, let's talk a little waiver wire, Colin. The the waiver wire is starting to get thin here. I mean, this is why it you is. kind of uh, are aggressive early in the year if your league allows that because uh, it just gets slimmer pickings as the year goes on. We kind of figure out some more of these teams. We have some names here, uh, some we feel more confident in than others. Let's start with uh, Garrett Schrader, quarterback for Syracuse. Uh, one of uh, Campus to Canton's um, Chris Moxley's uh, deep, deep sleepers for the year. He's really taken that job over, um, and has been really, really good the past few weeks. Uh, had another uh, big week this past week, and the thing is, he uh, can—he's good with his legs. Uh, and, yeah, you know, even above his arm. I mean, rushing this year, and it's—he's played six games, but he hasn't really played six games. He's got 412 yards rushing already.
1: And eight touchdowns.
0: Yes. Um, He's, he's definitely dangerous that way. He elevates that offense. Um, And so I think he's only rostered on 13% of teams. I think if he's available and you need some quarterback help, such with all these bye weeks going on right now, I think that he is a, a guy that you should be targeting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Especially for the the legs, like you said, he back to back over back to back weeks over hundred yards rushing, one hundred and seventy eight yards rushing this past week against Wake Forest uh, in an overtime loss, and then the week before that, one hundred and thirty seven yards rushing and three touchdowns. Like those are running back numbers. And then he also he doesn't add a ton in the passing game, one hundred and fifty and one hundred and sixty yards back to back weeks, um, two touchdowns, one touchdown, but that's still something you know uh he's been very good the past couple weeks here for uh for fantasy perspective and you know this week is a tough matchup against Clemson uh but the rest of the ACC schedule not looking that difficult
0: no uh that the ACC that that gives him a nice little bump there um next Jalen Naylor uh, we felt a little obligated <laughs> to put him on here cuz he had such a huge uh, week this past week had a couple 50 plus yard touchdowns uh five for 25 for 221 and three uh jaden reed was pretty quiet there overall uh, he's only eight percent rostered on, on fan tracks if that offense keeps playing well i mean you want pieces of it so i, th- I think he's worth a stash i mean because there's been guys like khalil pimpleton and um uh, yeah I'm trying to think of some other guys that have just been like CJ Johnson, like guys that we thought could be pretty fantasy relevant this year that have been disappointing Deshaun Poquet. So So um, I think that he's, he's can just slot and take one of their spots on your team. And you can hope for something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily uh, <laughs> expect the week that he had last week with 221 yards and three touchdowns, but the week before that, 128 yards a week before that 82 yards and two touchdowns. So you know he's he's had fairly some good production the last two weeks here um started off the season slow but you know he's really turned it around so far and you know like you said with the way michigan state's offense has looked with the way peyton thorne has looked you know yeah absolutely um go pick him up eight percent rostered i
0: was one year too early here guys on Cameron rising quarterback at Utah. <laughs> I talked a lot about him last off season as a guy that I really, really liked transferred there after his freshman year from Texas, uh, looked to have that job, won that job. And then a little over a game into the season, got hurt, was out the rest of the year, uh, missed all of spring. They brought in Jaquinton Jackson. They brought in Charlie Brewer. They brought in Peter Costelli, the freshman. And it was, it just kind of looked like his time there was done, but now Brewer is gone. Jackson, by all accounts really is, that good. has done nothing there and Castelli probably not ready yet. So it's been Cameron rising and, and he had a really nice game this week against USC. There led Utah to the upset over them um, stat line for him 22 for 28, 306 yards, three touchdowns. And he's another guy. I mean, only 27 yards on the ground and a touchdown, but he can run. Uh, he was a dual threat guy coming out of high school could be an intriguing option there. rostered. Again, if you have quarterback issues, I think you can do a lot worse. It's either him or you're taking like some scrub from
1: like New Mexico or something and
0: hope that they just have a big week.
1: Yeah. No, Cameron Rising's absolutely got to go pick up. You're going to be able to start him on, you know, maybe 50% of the weeks moving forward from here on out. Um, And like you said, you know, he brings something with his legs. Uh, You know, he has uh, his three, like, starts um he has 46 yards rushing 32 yards rushing 27 yards rushing and then the touchdown this past week so you know you're looking at some rushing production pretty much every week
0: speaking of another guy that we loved this offseason i think we probably i would ch- i would uh dare you to find a podcast to talk more about hendon hooker this offseason than <laughs> we did i Doubt you can outside
1: of Rocky top.
0: <laughs> we said he should be the starter there all off season. The coaching staff wanted to go with their guy and Joe Milton's surprise, surprise. He sucked. Uh Hooker has come in and been really, really good the past few weeks, guys. He's throwing over two, over 200 yards the past four games, uh, a combined 11 touchdowns, only one interception uh, between them and his rushing totals as well. Uh, 64 yards, 23, 80, and 66, and another three scores on the ground. He's got the Konami Code. I I think he's he's a guy that you have to be starting the rest of the year. Here uh, they play Ole Miss this week. I think he's going to have a huge week. Uh, spoilers: He's one of my my must starts later. Um, so is he one of yours too? Yeah. You're making a a real cute face there, so I figured. Thanks. Um, So, yeah, I mean, and he is only what? He's a little over 20%. He's a little higher than what we usually recommend, 23%. But I think that if he's a free agent, go get him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely think he's a guy that needs to be uh, rostered way more than that because he's another guy who brings a threat with his legs. He has a a rushing touchdown in three out of his last four games. Uh, You know, he's got three passing touchdowns back-to-back weeks. Um, 225 yards passing back to back weeks as well. I think he's a guy that's just going to continue to put up really nice numbers in a very fantasy friendly offense and bring something with his legs. I, you know, I think he's the type of guy that you're going to be able to start in outside. Cause I think, did they get Georgia this year? Is that, is that um, one of their crossovers? I think I'm, so.
0: I'd have to double check that, but I mean,
1: yeah, I'm not sure what their which their crossovers are. They'll have a couple games here in the uh in the SEC where you're not gonna want to play them. Um, like in Bama against in two weeks, they do get Georgia, that is one of their crossovers. So those two games you're probably not gonna want to start him. But every other game, even against Kentucky, I'm probably still starting them. Yeah, sure, why not? Um
0: <laughs> God, the next name on here. Guys, it's time that we start talking about Ladd McConkie. And you're saying, who is that? Um, listen, there are players that we say nobody is talking about this person coming into the year. And, and you know, generally that means you can find a couple of obscure places that might have mentioned this person. Guys, literally nobody was talking about Lad McConkie. Nobody. <laughs> this guy was a total afterthought uh, coming into the year. I mean, uh, a three star kid coming out of uh, a three star kid in last year's 2020 class, the 169th wide receiver overall in his class. He wasn't even a top 1000 player in the nation. He's been Georgia's leading receiver two weeks in a row. Now he seems to have a really good report with Stetson Bennett. Um, he's keeping i realize that some of these guys are banged up and whatnot but like he's out producing jermaine burton kiaris jackson arian smith marcus Roseme, dominic blaylock justin Ugh. jackson and i mitchell uh, just all of these guys i don't i don't uh i Six foot 185. I don't know what he's. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. I don't know. Call and talk about lads so I don't have to
1: anymore. 1% owned. Um, put up five for 135 and a touchdown last week. And against a decent defense in Auburn. And it's just, I don't know. It's got to be something with him and him and Stetson Bennett. So ride the wave as long as you can. Uh, if you need some production at a wide receiver, you can do a lot worse than lad McConkey. And I, if you told, if you told me at the beginning of the year that a guy named lad McConkey was going to lead Georgia in receiving, I would have laughed at you. I mean, this sounds like a dude who should be selling cars, you know, and not, not, not leading the Georgia Bulldogs in receiving yards. But here we are.
0: It's so bizarre. So bizarre. I mean, good for him though. I don't yeah, I don't know if he can maintain it <laughs> once JT Daniels comes
1: back. He's one no. percent
0: rostered right now, guys. I'm not gonna lie, I have one or two claims
1: in for him this week. Same in places. I mean it's not a lot. I'm not breaking the bank, but like I said, you can do worse. Yes, exactly. And our
0: last name here, Mitchell Tinsley, uh wide receiver for Western Kentucky. Colin, do you just want to talk about him? I know he was kind of your your name that you really wanted on the list this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that I think definitely deserves to be on the list here. I mean, it's back-to-back hundred-yard games. Uh, put up seven for one twenty-seven against Michigan State, five for one oh two in a touchdown last week against uh UTSA. Um, but he, you know, in all of the games, he's got at least four catches. Uh it's very, very pass-happy offense. He seems to be asserting himself as the number two there. And He's a guy that I have several claims in for. I think he's a guy that you're going to be able to pick up, and you're going to be able to start in a pinch if you need him to, and you're not going to be upset about it. I And then he's also a junior, so I don't know how much we want pieces of Western Kentucky's offense without Bailey Zappi at the helm, but if it is more system, you, know, you got potentially uh, Western Kentucky's wide receiver one next year.
0: Yeah, we were talking before the show, like what? uh, maybe they'll just bring in a transfer every year, like someone that needs a little love.
1: Um,
0: Probably not Spencer Rattler, but um, (laughs) I'm sure that 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 would be an interesting scenario for them, especially if this works for them. All right, Colin, the moment we've all been waiting for. We got our start sits here. Um, Let's just go over the rules of the competition here again for anybody uh, that has forgotten. So we give our early start sits here, guys. We keep them a secret ahead of time. Then we share them live here. Uh, we it is okay for us to have overlapping names. Uh, ten starts, ten sits each, and these are non-obvious names. We are not yeah. telling you start Bijan Robinson. You know to start Bijan Robinson. And we've instituted a new rule <laughs> for this week. We are no longer allowed to say start the running back playing Missouri's. <laughs> rush defense <laughs> it's just a gimme it's a free space uh we're not going to do it anymore um so without further ado ca- oh i guess so last week i went 10 and 9 colin not your best week 7 not and 12 my best week 7 and 12 so and you guys notice those those don't total 20 uh we each had somebody get rolled out late due to injury such a freaking crap shoot that's a good week for us though a couple weeks yeah. ago we had like six guys rolled out
1: um so it brings yeah, me the- a, like, go ahead. I was say the coastal Carolina game really killed me last week. Uh, I expected them to run all over them, instead, they pass all over them. So, I miss Reese White, Shamari Jones, and uh, Grayson McCall. It's
0: col- Colin had the um, the what were you smoking sit of the week in Grayson McCall, and I had the ultimate uh, dud of the week, and I said start Anthony Richardson. So, um, <laughs> we both had a bad one there. so yeah, I'm, so yeah. I'm 50 and 50 and 44 overall. Colin is 47 and 43. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start pulling away here, baby. I can feel it. <laughs>
1: I can feel it. Uh, Colin, lead us off your first start. Uh, my first start here is Travis Dye, uh, running back for Oregon, uh, with CJ Verdell out. Uh, you know, he is the RB one there. And operating as the 1B, you know, he has 96 yards rushing, 92 yards rushing, and 87 yards rushing in his last three. Uh, And that was operating as the 1B. Now, being the lead back in a Joe Moorhead offense, it's very efficient. They like to run the ball. Uh, I'm starting Travis Dye probably most weeks. Interesting. So um, my first name here, uh, I'm
0: starting, uh, Kobe Pace, uh, running back Syracuse fire, or running back Clemson fired him up again this weekend. Syracuse, as far as I have heard, Will Shipley will not be playing again. Uh, against boston college two weeks ago uh shipley's first game out pace went 19 carries 125 yards and a touchdown against boston college syracuse it's a very similar level rush defense i expect the game to be it's not going to be super high scoring i believe it the the line is about 45 points overall um, but i think that he can still have a nice day in an offense that hasn't been able to pass at all
1: um yeah i like that call he's a guy that's considering Um, so we can't say start the running back playing Missouri. I found another cheat. Start the running back playing Ohio. Um, I'm starting Kevin Marks Jr. This week, one one week after he was a sit for me, uh, because they are splitting carries in that backfield. Buffalo gets Ohio this week. Ohio averages 120 or 243 rush yards against, which is fourth worst. Uh, fire up any running back. You got playing Ohio.
0: And he's been a disappointment this year too, so I'm sure yes. people are, have not been happy. Start Trey Turner this week, wide receiver for Virginia Tech against Pitt. Pitt is not a very good pass defense, and they play a lot of high-scoring games as a result because they have such a good pass offense. I, I think that the, um, the the line for the game is at 58 points, and I think that might go up a little bit as the week goes on. To Probably will touch 60 if I had to guess. So I like some of the Virginia Tech wide receivers here, and I'm gonna bet on it being Trey Turner. This is a big bye week week again, guys.
1: I've so it is I
0: mean, you're gonna be digging deep for some of these.
1: Yeah. Um and Braxton Burmeister is expected to play. He had a shoulder injury. Um, he's expected to go as of right now. So uh yeah, I, I don't I don't hate that call. Uh my next start here is Devin Neal. Um again. One week after a sit, fire him up this week. Texas Tech just got absolutely gashed on the ground by not only Zach Evans, but also Kendry Miller. Uh, So, uh, you know, and Devin Neal is starting to get going a little bit here. Uh, I, I like Devin Neal as a start this week.
0: I also have Devin Neal and all I wrote was Texas tech is terrible. Defensively enough
1: said (laughs) fair enough. Uh, I will also take the running back on the opposite side of this one in Sir Roderick Thompson. Kansas is also really bad. They are the third worst team against the run. They let up 251 rush yards per game. Uh, And Thompson it seems to be over his injury that's that he started the year with the mysterious injury here. I ran for 118 yards and three touchdowns and added two catches for 79 yards last week. Again, can't bad start Sir Roger Thompson.
0: Um, yeah, he had a nice week last week. Start Braylon Allen against Army. He had a nice week last week, as we talked about earlier. Um Berger has been kicked off the team. Somebody has to take over there. Why not Allen? And um, Army has faced a pretty terrible schedule. So, you know, they have a decently ranked rush defense, but I don't think uh, when pushed by a solid rushing offense like Wisconsin is, that they will fare very well.
1: Uh, My next start here is Tanner McKee. Uh, Washington State, they're not a bad pass defense, but they're not good either. Um, I, I think that tanner mckee's gonna have no trouble throwing against them stanford's running game has really not been good this year uh overall they really had to rely on the passing attack and tanner mckee look he had a rough week last week uh three picks but before that he's at at least uh 22 fantasy points in every other week that he started uh, i'm firing up tanner mckee um yeah i got
0: burned on chance nolan against him last week so um Best of luck to you. Um, So here's one. Ontario Brown has quietly had uh, two pretty nice weeks uh, for NIU in a row. Um, They play Bowling Green this week. Bowling Green has the 96th ranked rush defense in the country. Northern Illinois has run the ball 11th most. Uh, in the country, and there is a disclaimer that I'll slap on this. Uh, Harrison Whaley's been out the past couple weeks with an injury. I don't know what that situation will look like if he's healthy, and there has been no indication whether he will actually play this week or not. Um, so, if Whaley ends up um, become like being active, I might not start Brown, but in, you know, in the interim, I'm gonna I'm gonna say start. I think Whaley.
1: I think Whaley was supposed to play last week. Yeah, they always say that shit. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Like Whaley was supposed to play last week. I actually got burned. I started him in a place and I didn't have a lot of other options because of bye weeks. And then, you know, he ended up being a scratch late. Um, you so, hug. yeah, I do. Okay. Um, Yeah. So I, I, I like Ontario Brown, though. I, I like that call, um, especially if if Whaley sits because that rushing attack has been pretty solid. Uh, My next start is Kevin Harris. Um, There's kind of been a theme here. It's early on. It's been guys I've I've, I've said to sit before, but uh, they get Vanderbilt this week. Vanderbilt's atrocious. Uh, And then he had 16 carries last week, which Kevin Harris did, which was double the next closest running back, which was frustratingly Juju McDowell and not Marshawn Lloyd. But, Uh, It seems like Kevin Harris has kind of taken the lead in that backfield. I still expect it to be split, but even on 16 carries, he can shred Vandy.
0: Man, Juju McDowell's been an awfully big thorn in the side for a guy that you said wouldn't factor into that backfield at all this year. I mean, I don't think
1: I was alone in thinking that. We we discussed it on the show. That was your
0: response. I don't know.
1: It was, and I don't think I I was alone in thinking that. Alone, not, on not, not sh- between, alone on not this between, show, you were <laughs> not between you and me, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know if anybody really saw Juju Medal having a significant role once uh Marshawn Lloyd was confirmed kind of healthy and Kevin Harris was back. But here we are.
0: Fine, fine. Um, so my next one, I literally wrote no analysis for this. Caleb Williams. <laughs> Fire him up, don't care.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Is that cheating? I mean,
1: it's it's a smidge cheating, but that's fair. Um, this is took, the only you took week. a note of silence. Get out of here. This is or the only you. week you can use Caleb Williams. What if he poops to bed this week? This is the only week you can use Caleb Williams. <laughs> You're just trying to keep me down because I'm ahead of you now. Uh, what's the win percentage on that? I would still wager mine's probably better. I'll do your fifty and forty four. I'm forty seven and forty three. 50 and 44 and 47 and 43. Yeah, I think yours is still better than mine. Yeah, but it's not by a lot. Um, My next start is a guy we just talked about in the waiver segment, and that is Mitchell Tinsley. Again, back-to-back 100-yard games, five and seven receptions. He's emerging as the wide receiver two in a pass at the offense. He has three games over 20 fantasy points. Uh, They play Old Dominion. Yeah, who do you, baby? Fire him up. Uh,
0: Next up for me, and again, this is a big, it's a bigger name, but I think you might have been hesitant based on the matchup to start him. Mateo Durant, they're playing Virginia this week, Um, and Duke sometimes struggles just as offensively as a whole against some of these bigger teams. But I, I, I think the game script might not necessarily be in their favor but Virginia has been fairly susceptible to the run; they're allowing over five yards a carry, and it's projected to be one of the higher-scoring games on the slate. Sixty-nine points is the as uh, the the line right now. Um, so I think Durant can still uh, score a decent amount, even with game scripts and the matchup itself, or the team itself kind of going against him.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, my next start is Cameron Harris. Uh, Cameron Harris has back to back 100 yard and two touchdown games since taking over as the lead back and being without Derek King. Derek King's done for the year. Uh, I think this offense is going to kind of lean on the run a little bit more. You know, they don't really have that great of passing options. Tyler Van Dyke has been fine as a quarterback, but uh, I think Miami's going to lean the ball or lean on their running game here and the UNC. Gives up 150 rush yards per game. They're pretty middle of the pack. So it's not an intimidating defense by any stretch of the imagination. I'm um, firing up Cameron Harris.
0: Um my next one here, and I'm finally just admitting that I, you know, this is a total admission that I was wrong. I'm starting Jameson Williams this week, if I have him anywhere. And I think he's a must-start moving forward. I really do. He's looks like he's the go-to guy there.
1: Man, Felix is gonna be all over you this week after if, he listens to if this. If you,
0: if you if you listen to the shows on the weekend, Colin, you would know that I'd already admitted this to his face on Coast to Coast.
1: I don't always listen to the yeah. to the night show. I mean, we're doing things Saturday nights. I'm sure you are. Um, Saturday nights are
0: boogie nights. You're too cool for, yeah, you're you're a lot cooler than me. I just sit at home. <laughs> you go out and hit the discotheque.
1: Yeah. That's what kids are doing these days, right? Yes. The discotheque, absolutely. And then so. the roller rink too. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> um, next start Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, he has 36 carries, 24 carries the last two weeks. He's really kind of emerged as the lead back here ever since McClellan went down. Uh, Roydell Williams has been getting some work, but uh, most of the work has been going to uh, Brian Robinson. He's got 171 yards and 147 yards the past two weeks. Uh, last week he had four catches for 60 yards, so getting involved in the pass game a little bit as well. Um, firing him up until further notice
0: Uh, next up for me is Hendon hooker again so the the line on this game is 80 points 80 (laughs) points Um, I think I'm gonna end up betting the under on that at some point it seems a little high but I bet a lot of unders last week and got burned so I'm a little salty still but we saw like Hendon hooker is basically like KJ just slightly discount KJ Jefferson and we I think saw he's what, a little
1: bit better of a passer n- overall. Yeah. I, I mean, no.
0: Jefferson looked pretty good this past week. well Miss the pressure, the quarterback, were right. It's actually really, he kissed Jefferson, was just sitting back there. Um, so if they give Hooker that same time, yeah. I, but I mean, Jefferson crushed them last week. Hooker been really strong, as we talked about. So I, I think he's, he's a big start this week. He might, he might end up being the QB one this week. It would not surprise me at all.
1: Yeah. Uh, I also have Hendon Hooker. Um, like I said, uh, like we were talking about earlier, one, the total. But two, he's had 225 yards and three touchdowns in back-to-back games, at least 66 rush yards and a touchdown in, in back-to-back games as well there. Um, he's a guy that I'm probably starting most weeks moving forward.
0: And my last one here is another big name, but this one has an even more difficult matchup. I think you would be tempted to really tempted to sit him here. And I don't think you do. Sean Tucker going up against Clemson's rush D. Is I think you still have to start him, even with that. They're a scary matchup. They've lost some guys on that D line over the past couple weeks. I think they're slightly less scary than they were a few weeks ago. He's basically him and Schrader are the entire offense. So if they're going to do anything there this week, I think uh, it, that he's going to. And again, the game, the, the score for it's forty five points is the line on that right now. I I've, I've actually already bet the under on that. I, I <laughs> Clemson's averaging like 14 points a game or something stupid is going to be a huge defensive battle, but I still think you have to start Sean Tucker.
1: Yeah, I actually, I was toying with putting him as a sit, but I was like, I, I don't think you can do it. Uh, he's just the focal point of that offense.
0: I thought you know, he might be a guy that we fight about this week, which by the way, we fought on two guys last week and I went to zero.
1: Ooh, cool good for you um yeah i thought about him on the sit <laughs> and i did not put in there um <laughs> my, <laughs> That's your, you, you named your 10 right or no no i got one more um because i kicked tendon hooker right back to you um yeah. well yeah. and you started too didn't you no you started no i started yeah. um and my last one here is a bit of a deep name here he may not be rostered in I would be very curious to see what his roster percentage is here, but it's Demario Douglas, wide receiver for Liberty. Uh, The last two weeks, 128 yards and 156 yards. Uh, They get ULM this week, who is the sixth worst passing defense. ULM allows 303 pass yards per game. Uh, He's Liberty's wide receiver one. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot this week. Uh, They'll probably shred ULM. Uh, Look for another 100-yard game out of him. All right, so I've
0: said my 10. You said 11. Who was fir- the first
1: name you said? Oh, here. I'll run mine in order. Yeah. Uh, I got Travis Dye, yeah. Kevin Marks, yeah. Devin Neal, yeah. Tanner McKee, yeah. Kevin Harris, yeah. Mitchell Tinsley, Cameron Harris, Sir Roger Thompson, Brian Robinson Jr., Hendon Hooker, DeMario <laughs> Davis is a <laughs> deep yep. league special.
0: You, came, you, you're watching your face as you got to eight, and you realized you had eleven. It was amazing.
1: Demario Davis or Demario Douglas is a is a deep league special. He was using his fingers, too, folks. He's literally
0: sitting here, and he got. He was like, "Oh no!" So at his... Oh, that's too good. All right, I only have ten names. <laughs> Um, Kobe Pace, Trey Turner, Braylon Allen, Jamison Williams, Ontario Brown, Caleb Williams, Mateo Durant, Hendon Hooker, Sean Tucker, and Devin Neal. All righty, sits. I'll go first, I suppose. I have like very little analysis with this. This guy has just been so boom bust, and I could totally see a bust week coming for him against Oklahoma State, who's been a pretty darn good defense this year Uh, i'm xavier worthy
1: i think it's a sit this week he's been on your starts the past couple weeks
0: he has i'm sitting on this week this is like one of those like it's a pretty good defense and i just have this this hunch so interesting yeah
1: um okay i'm sitting raheem sanders this week uh he led the team in carries last week that's awesome um but I think they'll probably get back to a little bit more of a timeshare this week. I don't know that he's really solidified himself as the lead back in that role. I think we're going to see Traylon Smith still. I think we're going to see still uh, A.J. Green. And Auburn only allows 108 rush yards per game, 25th best rush defense. Uh, Raheem Sanders has two games over five fantasy points. That's it. So I, last week was a nice week. It's good for the future. Don't count on it moving forward.
0: My next one here is DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson. I'm sitting him against Washington. Washington has an extremely strong pass defense. And that actually, because DTR is a dual threat guy, so that on its own doesn't bother you. But he has really struggled when a defense has basically given, has taken away one or the other. If they take away the run and make him throw, he struggled. And if you take away the pass and make them run, I think he struggled. I like he, He just doesn't do well against defenses that that are really strong one against one or the other.
1: And so I think that he has a really rough week uh, there against the Huskies. Um, I hope not. Cause he's one of the like only options I have in my one league. There's on some,
0: I, it's, it's, a tough, <laughs> I have one team. That's just, it's just like
1: decimated. So, I mean, I get it. Some places you just have to start these guys, but yeah. Uh, my next sit is somebody we talked about a little bit earlier. and um, It's Marvin Mims. Before this week, he had not had more than 12 fantasy points. Like It was was really nice to see Caleb Williams look his way, and I could look really stupid for this one, but I want to see how this offense and this offensive game plan shakes out before I'm really willing to start him. I mean, I'm starting Caleb Williams because he brings so much with his legs as well that I think even if the passing volume isn't really there, even if they kind of scale that back and they lean a little bit more on the run game, Caleb Williams can still provide uh, some really nice fantasy value with his legs there, but Marvin Mims may not get that lucky. Uh, They were playing from behind this past week. I don't think that happens against TCU. So I'm not ready to start Mims yet.
0: Uh, Next up for me is Chris Rodriguez. And it's just the fact that they're playing Georgia. Um, Georgia is like the worst possible matchup for Kentucky. Um, I think this game might, I mean, I don't think Georgia can score enough to like, truly blow a team out unless they're just getting a ton of defensive and special teams uh, scores but I think that they can this game might like even though the score is like moderately close it'll feel over by halftime I think
1: what if Stetson Bennett goes uh five for five for 200 and something yards and four touchdowns again how many how many are to (laughs) lad McConkie is
0: the big question
1: (laughs) um yeah I have Chris Rodriguez too Uh, he's been really good all year and look i get it you may not have a better option but this is george's defense i'm not chancing it i'm not starting anybody against george's defenses yep yeah maybe maybe bryce young maybe but even then i don't feel good about it
0: yeah um next up here i'm not starting jarek broussard and this feels like the kind of game where you would because he's playing it. They're playing Arizona this week. Colorado has just been horrific on offense, guys. They can't do anything particularly effectively. They haven't run the ball great this year, they haven't uh, passed the ball great this year. Really devoid of talent there on the offensive side of the ball. And I just, it's it's projected to be a low scoring game, too. 45 and a half uh, is the game
1: total. So I, I'm sitting Jarek Broussard. Yeah, I would sit him, too. Uh, I've had him on the list a couple times. My next sit here is David Bell. Oh, Uh, that was my next one. (laughs) Look, he's back from concussion. You know, he went six for 120 last week. Uh, But they get Iowa's pass defense. And Iowa's pass defense is a little bit more vulnerable than people think. Um, You know, Taulia and Maryland were moving the ball against them the week before, before Demas went down. Uh, Penn state was moving the ball against them before Clifford went down. Uh, so they're a little bit more vulnerable than people think, but I'm still not starting him. I don't really trust a uh, Aiden O'Connell.
0: Um, yeah. I also had David Bell. I saw his kicking right back to you. He wasn't my next name
1: as well. Uh, my next sit here is a nice Smith. Uh, yeah. They, they play Missouri, but I think they're going to shred Missouri on the ground. It's a big Isaiah Spiller week here. Um, But a Smith also has no games over 50 yards receiving before last week. Uh, And he had two touchdowns last week. Those are the only two touchdowns he has all year. Zach Helzada caught lightning in a bottle. I I don't think that happens again. Uh, I'm staying away from Smith. Next up for me is my Georgia running
0: backs. Uh, you know, Georgia has a very strong rush defense, uh, but so is Kentucky. Uh, they've, they've been very stout against, uh, the rush this year, 28th in the country. And again, there's still, there's going to be a low scoring game. i like, I don't think there's going to be a ton of opportunity there, um, for, uh, for cook and, uh, Zamir white and all those guys. So I'm sitting all of them.
1: Yeah. I have Zamir white on my list too. Um, I didn't go with all of them. You could go with all of them. Um, but Zamir White also has no games over 20 fantasy points. Sounds like I've learned my lesson on that. And then I said I did,
0: and then I did again, and then I got burned again. So that's <laughs> I got burned twice on it last week. Uh, so I am not starting Daniel Jackson or Chris Bell this week. I'm doing a double up. And Nebraska has <laughs> quietly been a pretty decent pass defense this year. They're right around top 40. They've gotten a bit stronger as the year has gone on. It's a projected low scoring game there again. And I just, I, I don't trust Tanner Morgan to do heavy lifting. And I don't think the coaching staff does there either. I think they're still going to try to run the ball if they can. Um, I think they'll struggle to score this week, to be honest. And so, you know, it takes away some touchdown potential as well.
1: Uh, I'll stay in that game. I'm sitting all Minnesota running backs. Oh. Um, I did not learn my lesson. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know who the, who the starter is going to be there this week. Um You know, Minnesota has 193 rush yards per game. They do have a tendency to feed one guy. I have no idea who that one's going to be. Last week, a a former quarterback was, you know, their leading rusher when when Treson Potts went out. So I really have no idea how that's going to look. I'm not chancing it. I'm not starting any of them. And I'm fully aware that all it takes is one of them to blow up and and to get the backfield. But do you really know who it's going to be? If you start Kai Thomas, it's probably going to be Bucky Irving. If you start Bucky Irving, it's probably going to be Cam Wiley.
0: So I'm not starting Garrett Schrader this week. I know we talked him up earlier, and this might not be the game to get him going there against Clemson. Um, I, I said start Tucker because I think, you know, if they need a spark, he'll provide it. But I just, uh, Schrader's in for, he hasn't played a defense that's as good yet. I think he's in for a bit of a long day.
1: Yeah, I I thought about putting him there. I did I did not yet, but um, I am sitting Deuce Vaughn this week. Uh, K State gets Iowa State. Iowa State uh, only gives up eighty nine rush yards per game, of the ninth ranked run defense. I think this game is going to be pretty low scoring Uh, overall. I you know I I think Iowa State's going to bottle up Deuce Vaughn. Uh,
0: Next up for me is Max Johnson lsu quarterback playing florida there i'm just not going to start him until i see what happens with that offense but look they haven't had any running any running game at all this year really um and your the the offense filtered through kashan butte he's now gone uh, counting on a bunch of freshman wide receivers basically to step up they don't even have that many upperclassmen on that team is a, a tough proposition so i i mean i'm fading the entire offense but uh, Max Johnson will be the surrogate here on the list for me against Florida.
1: Yeah, I have I have Max Johnson too. You can't start him moving forward without knowing what that situation is going to be like. And even if you do know who steps up, missing Boutte is just so big that I don't think you can start Max Johnson moving forward.
0: Last up for me, I am sitting Caleb Ellaby just because he's been pissing me off all year. So um, to the bench with you.
1: That's fair. Uh, my last one here is uh tyon Evans. Uh look, I know he has back to back hundred yards games. Uh, this should be a pretty high scoring game, but um Jabari Small is expected to be back this week. So I think he's gonna get some more carries. I think he, that's gonna be back to more of like a 1A, one B situation. And I think we think this game is gonna be high scoring. But I could also see Ole Miss jumping out to an early lead and then Tennessee having to play catch-up. Um, so I don't think the game script's going to be in his favor.
0: All right, so let's name our 10 sits here. I'll go first. Uh, Xavier Worthy, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Chris Rodriguez, Jerick Broussard, David Bell, Georgia running backs, uh, Daniel Jackson and Chris Ottman-Bell, Garrett Schrader,
1: Max Johnson, and Caleb Ellaby. Very quarterback-heavy for me. Uh, Mine are Raheem Sanders, Marvin Mims, David Bell, Anaya Smith, uh, Minnesota running backs, Deuce Vaughn, Chris Rodriguez, Zemir White, Max Johnson, Tyon Evans.
0: Perfect. All right. I think that's going to be our show here for tonight. Um, Be sure. I know. I know. There's (laughs) a lot to talk about. I mean, Caleb Williams, I could have done a whole show just on that situation, I feel like. Um, Very true. So um yeah, this is the show for tonight, guys. Um uh, if you are not checking out all of the other stuff going on at the website, campusdecanton.com, uh please go ahead and do that. Uh beyond our podcast, we have Fantasy Football Roundtable. We've got a Debbie debate. We have um, why wait till Sunday. We have our weekend shows, uh, the tailgate every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. We have uh, the coast to coast that comes on after the games are all over. Uh, we've got lots of articles. We've got our DFS and betting content coming out. Um, and, you know, a lot of that stuff's free, but some of it behind the paywall there as well, our rankings, which will be updated this week, uh, ADP data, the player tools, all that stuff, $2.99 a month. Or twenty nine ninety nine for the year uh, until uh, later this week, guys. Uh, Canton bound, there the NFL side of the podcast. I am Austin,
1: and this is Colin. And have a good week, guys.